Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. On the edge with April Mahoney. You guys know where you are. You're at the spot. Your favorite place. Your favorite podcast. The best one on the planet. Where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. And today is no different than any other day. Uh, we are down in the land down under with Leanne Boyd. We are going to be talking about raising our courage, confidence, and care for women that are striving for success their health, and their happiness. That is a lot to unpack. Number one, we struggle with our health. We're chasing happiness. We're striving for success. You know, a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome. You know, caring for women, that's self-care. What about our confidence? But the biggest thing in all of that is that you have to have courage. And she's going to talk to us about that. So welcome her to The Edge. How are you today, Leanne? I'm great. Thanks, April. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Absolutely. I couldn't wait. I'm so excited. I love my my Australian uh, women, you know, a different point of view uh, from yes. you know, Americans. A lot of people think that we are synonymous, but there's a lot of difference in values and, and work ethics and, and families and relationships. So you're going to share with us a little bit about that, and we're going to take away some great tips. Tell us where it all began for you and how you got started in this space. Well, um, throughout my life, I've had a lot of moments where I've had to be courageous, even from a little girl. Didn't realize it at the time because th things happen as you grow up and you just have to keep going as you do. But, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a rural community where a lot of things happened. You know, there was uh, accidental shootings or snake bite or farm accidents, whatever. And when you um, going through class, sometimes you turn up to school and that the child that you really had a connection just with just wasn't there. And you just had to pick yourself up. And I'm in my year seven, seventh grade. Um, I was sort of my best friend just didn't turn up for school one day. And and um, his mother was in such a state that she took her own life and, and the life of her three boys. Oh. And and uh, and that empty seat sat next to me for the rest of my schooling in year seven. And back then in the 1970s, we didn't have counsellors. Nobody said anything, and especially in a rural community, no one said anything. And so we just got, I just got through it. And then as I went into adult life, you know, I, I ran into lots of things. I, um, we lost our house to how, in a house fire and my mother was badly burnt and I, my, my, I've lost my dad to terminal disease and my sister to cancer and two best friends to cancer and, and also a best friend to suicide. And it was... And, and I thought, I've had a lot. You know, I've even lost, um, went through a stage there in my teenage years where, you know, a lot of young people that I went to school with were getting their hot broad cars and driving down the road and thinking they were great, only to end up, you know, a fatality. So, um, and I thought throughout my life, one day it was New Year's Day 2012, I thought, 
you know, I could, it was just after I lost my sister and my friend to cancer and I just thought, you know, I could sit here and really just follow in this or I could pick myself up and do something positive with it because there has to be a reason why I've gone through all this in my life. Mm. And I decided that that reason was to go and help women who have also had tragic things happen in their life, who've had the loss. Loss is a big thing and loss can be so many different things on so many different levels to different people. You know, it, it can be the loss of a career, the loss of someone dear, the loss of a, a special procession, you know, and you have to have courage to get over that loss. You do, because, and, you have to, and you have to show up and recognize it. Uh, I like yes. the term you have to marinate in it, unfortunately, because to whom much is given, much is required, and there is a lesson in all of this. Correct. You need to take the gold nugget and run with it because that's it's the reason why leanne that's is hard to find you you're separating the wheat from the straw you know you are in yes. it you're in the when you're in the thralls of it you just feel that you're all alone i have a friend that's you know much like you has repeatedly lost dear friends and she says that she's just paralyzed she says she can't move from the bed to the bath because she's afraid if she gets in the tub she's going to drown because she can't get out because it's too raw just at that moment and she has to allow herself that time recognize where she is recognize what she's been through recognize her strengths for getting through it to that point and now all she has to do is keep going and every day is a day chance for a new beginning every day is a chance for something a little bit better than what you're going through right now like i've been to the stage where i couldn't get out of bed the only thing that got me out of bed was the toddlers that were coming in and sitting at my bed begging me to get up mummy to do something for them right, right. You, you know i've been there and you've just got to find that little glimmer somewhere in amongst all that crap that you're going through and you won't find that gold nugget right while you're in it at that level but you just have to give yourself time and the, and the thing that as a natural therapist uh, the thing that I think mostly annoys me and at the moment is antidepressants are too quick to be handed out oh my god I was telling my girlfriend I said honey the last thing because you know she likes a cocktail <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah. likes a cat like margarita, okay? And she can make the best ones. I said, but you have a couple of those and one of those little blue pills, little pink pills. And then, you know, but in all fairness, you sometimes you need something to tranquilize you to get the initial edge off. But be conscious of that. Work with your therapist. Google what the, the side effects are. What, um, you know, pace yourself. Sometimes yes. it's okay to cry and scream and holler and shout and negotiate and bargain and be angry. That is a part of, you know, they say that there's what five or seven stages of grief. There's more yes. than that. And they're not uh, in, in uh, synchronicity. Okay. You're going to bounce in and out of this. Correct. Correct. Probably the rest of your life. And there's so much pressure in society these days to pick yourself up and get on with it. Yes. And it's not viable. It's not achievable in a lot of ways. Grief takes, and, and people say to you, oh, you know, that was six months ago. You know, you need to be over it by now. 
No, the hole, the gap, whatever the loss is, gets bigger because, because they're not just on holidays. That, that isn't going to get better straight away. You have to allow yourself that time. And, you know, I would say that to come out of grief totally is a good five-year stretch. If, if ever. If ever. The gap I'm never fills. Grieving the, the coyotes jumped over my fence and kidnapped and ate my dog. The grief, the I'm whole. I'm still grieving. Never. That was six years ago. I'm still mm -hmm. in that space. I lost my soulmate horse five years ago. I still can't talk about him without the tears coming to me. The gap never fills. It just gets a little easier along the way. And but you there find is... things, well, well, you, you find things to fill that space. Yes. Not replace you it because no. you can't get another horse. I'm not going to get another dog. And you have that same relationship. So oh, what correct. I did when I lost my mom, yesterday was my mother's birthday. And I, oh, you know, happy birthday to heaven. Yeah, but you know what? I filled it with wonderful things. Yes. I played yes. The, the music that she liked. I went and got her favorite meal. I sat here and talked. I opened up the portal of the singing bowl. I, I burned beautiful incense. I mean, you know, I did everything to reenact and awaken that spirit. So you can fill that space with goodness. You don't have to be sad. Absolutely correct. And it's human nature to err more to the negative to see the bad side and it's much harder to to go to that bright space when you're feeling down but when you do it's so fulfilling and so enlightening and so heartfelt for you to go to that space and it makes you feel better even if it's just a small thing put mm. on that music and you know it's okay to cry Absolutely. it is okay to cry and it's okay to feel like crap allow yourself that time so we talked and, about well I, I didn't want to cut you off but we talked about courage and you know care but what about confidence um being okay with who you are because there's a lot of outside noise there's a lot of outside influences that impact every area of your life, be it your spouse, your children, your workmates, your girlfriends, you know, because you can have that girlfriend that's the negative Nelly. Um, but you've built your, your courage up. You're taking care of yourself. How do you inject some confidence in that? Well, I have a little, I always have a little trick for that. Like I, I had a lot of social anxiety to the point where I was actually hurling in the toilet no. before I would, yes, I would have to go and get rid of all my nerves and then I'd come back and then I'd be good. Mm. So I had a lot of social anxiety. But the one trick that really saved me was to take on a superhero, April. So I have a superhero that I become. So that little superhero trick, if you can think of someone that you admire, and the reason you admire that person is because you recognize the traits in them that you like. And those traits are traits that you already have. Otherwise, you can't recognize them. So when you think of that superhero, mine was actually, and still is, um, Lady Diana Spencer, Princess Di. Because mm -hmm. she was, she was, had so many issues, but she would get that courage and she would stand tall with such posture and grace and she would walk into a room and shake hands and have great conversation. So before I did that, I um, I would 
meditate on Diana Spencer. Meditate. Well, Get her into I think my mind. Mine would be, mine would be uh, Batgirl. Oh, there you go. I, I so want, much. I want a cape. So much pluck and spunk and sass and I want a cape. Yes. But that that's that is great because you take on yeah. that courage. You have that yes. ego. Yes, I and have you a, pretend. I do that, you know, I, I shift my pain to the alter ego. When I yes. am, you know, in a different place, I say, okay, I'm going to let you carry this. Or when I'm in a quandary, I'm going to let you figure this out and I'll come back to you. Yeah. It's just the, a place to set it aside. I get that. The power of the mind is so amazing. You know, even if you, you know, imagine them taking your arm and walking in with you, mm. you know, as an extra support, an anchor. And, you know, it's, no, no one knew that when I walked into a room to meet people that I was actually Lady Diana Spencer. <laughs> nobody knew that but I did and it made me feel great mm. and that was a big confidence kicker for me I, I just yes it was it was great that's, always, that's good I'm going to use that more often I, yeah and I always tell myself what am I going to get if I don't do this and the answer is well nothing but what am I going to get if I do it and it turns bad I'm going to get a lesson but if I do it and it's great, then I've, I've achieved something. Mm. So I always step in no matter what it is. I never go, no, nah, not doing that. Unless it's a strong, intuitive, no, nah, definitely not. Well, then I don't. But if there's a, oh, I don't know about it, I always step in because there's always something to be got from that. Because you have the courage to feel the fear yet do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that takes a lot. All right, so now. You have built your courage. You are uh, distributing some self-care. You have this confidence. You've got your alternative uh, alter ego or your cape or your 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 other person. Yes. But now you are striving for success. There are you know the overachiever. A lot of times. People that are perfectionists or overachievers, that can also show up as insecurity. Mm. How do you balance that? Do you know, when I first started on this journey of helping women, I kind of really wanted to go out and be the big rock star. That's, you know, and, and help everyone and save everyone. And then I just realized that's not really viable for me. I think you have to tune into what's comfortable for you because we all can um, be a little bit of suffer from comparisitis, you oh, know, yeah. where we're and, and fear of missing out and, oh, look what she's doing. And, and, and that really fuels our insecurities. I think if we just have to scale it down, chunk it down and do bit by bit and build gradually. And even if you start out by helping one person, that's a success in itself. So if I can help, say, two, three, four people in a day, that's an amazing success for me. And it builds. And I get a lot of word-of-mouth clients from that right. because I'm not out there doing the big rah-rah, but I'm, I'm, I give clients what they need. That's why I take on clients. I don't do time. I give them what they need. Mm. And if you can... If you have a business um, and, and you're wanting success, if you can give their clients what they need, not what you think they want. Exactly. I tell people that all the time. 
take surveys, have a conversation, amplify your listening skills. Be a good listener. That's extremely important. Because you will talk yourself into a mess or you will over talk or you will miss key elements because when you're providing a service, it is that a service. You are filling a gap. You are selling to value what this other person values. Uh, you're supporting their ego. Ego mm. is not a dirty thing. It's no. something that needs to be loved, nurtured, positioned, strategized. Uh, if you see that someone is, you know, they like to be the, the big cheese. Allow that yeah. for a certain amount of time. You have to support people. You have to, again, be their anchor. I don't think you can have a one-size-fits-all for success, formula for success. You have to go in and see what that person needs, what that person values the most because a lot of people don't understand what they value. They don't really know what's important to them because they've been too busy on the path that they haven't stopped to think, what's really important to me? So I bring those people back to go, okay, what's really important to you because that's your truth. Right. That is your truth. And if you can live your truth, then you'll always find a way to the on the path of success that you want, that you need, that suits you. And when you become authentic like that, then that's when you're going to draw people to you. Exactly. And that's what you are. You're a magnet. You, I, I told my daughter this uh, yesterday, we were having a, a conversation and I told her, I said, baby, you are, you become who you hang around. Yes, correct. You know, so it's, the circle of influence. Yes. You need to really kind of pay attention and observe what these people are going through. If it's something that you want and it's exuding out of their pores, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's I've correct. Had the best mentors ever. But I've had some hellions in my life too. And I was excited because I thought that they were doing something that was so grandiose. And then when you pull back the layers of the onion, you find that it stinks. It makes your <laughs> eyes water. It burns. It's yes. not what you think it is. That's correct. Let's That's correct. Let's incorporate the health and the happiness because as we talked earlier, that's self-medicating. People are chasing that happiness high. I tell people all the time, happiness is a drug. It is. A, it can be a temporary state of being. I like the philosophy of learning to be content and valuing when happiness comes because that is a joy. That's a benefit. But always, what's the next thing that's going to make me happy? You know, is it him? Is it a car? Is it those new shoes? Is it the job? Yada, 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 yada. But never settling in to just nothingness, just like meditation, just that blankness of just being, just being mm -hmm. still, being quiet. That's my happy point. First of all, always looking for happiness externally, it's never going to work. Mm. Because that's just looking for things that, for comfort things. It's like people get into the, the habit of comfort shopping, retail therapy, and that's good in its space. But if you're constantly doing it, all you're trying to do is finding happiness and comfort elsewhere. You need to come back and find what's happening here in your heart and in your soul and find out what you do, what's happening in there that you don't need what you need to get rid of and then fill it with the happiness that's in. Once you get rid of all that negativity and everything that, that you don't feel good, a lot of women don't feel good enough and it does come from centuries of suppression. Mm -hmm. um, and so we need to work on that 
And when we move that, then you can replace it with happiness. Come back to you and find happiness with, within you. And then it's like, it's like saying to somebody, you got to love me, but I don't love me, but you've got to love me. It's really hypocritical. You've really got to come back and find the happiness within yourself. And then and the happiness of that external person seems to magnify more than anything. You look at a relationship when yeah. he decides to go astray or, or your, your, your partner goes with someone else. We, of course, as human beings, we internalize that. Oh, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. The sex wasn't good enough. I didn't, you know, this yada, yada, yada. But that impacts your health because now oh. you're suppressing what's going on. And that is going to turn into all kinds of things. Stomach cramps heart issues, blood pressure issues, diabetes issues, diarrhea, constipation. It comes up in all kinds of forms. What do you tell the woman that is struggling internally and now it is starting to impact her health? Well, that's one of the reasons why I not only did um, the modalities that I do that work with the emotional and mind of a woman, but I also um, studied to be a natural therapist as well, a naturopath and clinical reflexologist as well, because, you know, the issues are in the tissues. And so as you... you. The issues are in the tissues. I like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I was running retreats and working with women and sending them home extremely happy within themselves. But as they walked out the door, they were also working, walking out with all the physical afflictions that they accumulated through years or decades of all the emotional baggage that they carried. So um, what I do as a natural therapist, I help clear the mind first and then we look at the health issues and go, okay, your health issues will probably be improved slightly. They may be, most cases they are, um, because you've cleared the mind, okay? You've cleared all that was dragging you down. So you're feeling higher, you're feeling more energised, and now we'll go back and we'll work and, and mop up all those um, physical ailments that uh, that you're afflicted with now. So we do one, we do the other. I mean, I can be working on the physical while I'm doing the emotional. It's just how the client wants to work it. But um, but yes, but they're all like the mind and the mind and the, and the gut are so connected. Oh and and all the emotions settle in different organs. Like for grief and loss, it settles in the lungs. Mm. We forget how to breathe because we're so busy shallow breathing because we're feeling so heavy. Our fear sits in our kidneys. It's like nervous wheeze. Our anger sits in the liver and gallbladder, liver, livid. It's in the language. Mm. So the emotions do. They pop up wow. all over the body. So we work with both. So tell me some fun things about you. Because you a lot. Yeah, you're doing a lot of heavy lifting. What is something that brings you personally the greatest joy? Not the kids, not the spouse, any of that. But what, and not being Lady Diana, because that, <laughs> that would make me happy too, because I loved her. But what brings you joy? Okay, at the moment, getting a veggie patch organized. My husband, my husband has cut off 
we're into recycling because we live on acreage Ooh, and he cut off half a water tank and he's made this beautiful veggie patch that I can actually walk into the middle and we have it all netted over so it looks like a big veggie dome. So that's bringing me a lot of joy at the moment. Yes, and I'm sure some good produce as well. Yes, and looking after my, my mother who's 96. Well, you know, I was, again, like I said, I was in my feelings yesterday. My mother would have been 93. And um, people don't realize, and everyone doesn't have the same relationship, but I was so fortunate to be able to be her caregiver. So I, you know, I commend you for that. Work, life, balance, and also being a caregiver. It can be emotionally draining. Uh, sometimes you're uh, not hostile, but you can be resentful because somebody is sick, demanding what you do. There's a lot of emotion. You don't want to see your parents suffer. Yeah. And, and the place that you go is your own immortality. You know that you're not going to live forever. You see the signs and the symptoms. And, you know, I just turned 60 and I was like, oh, my God. So instead of getting uh, slowing down, I said, I'm going to ramp this thing up for at least the next 15 years. I'm going to rock it till the wheels fall off. And why not? What do you say to the, the, the woman that is, you know, 60 plus and she's looking at herself and, and wondering about, you know, the end? Well, I only started this journey that I'm on at 49. Mm. You can do whatever you want to do. It's just look for what's in your heart. Their age is only a number. It's just nothing. It's just a, almost like a condition that we put on ourselves. And, you know, women, women start start to move in their life. How many successful women do you know that didn't start a business until 55 or 60 or 65? They're out there. You just have to Google them. There's many, many, many successful women that started late in life because there is a, there is a um, biochemical reason for that too is because when we come through the other side of menopause, our hormones are changing and the chemicals in our brain are changing too. We don't have the dopamine and the oxytocin flowing around in our body that we used to have when we were in our childbearing and childrearing years. Once we go through menopause, we're coming back to us. So right. I would say to that woman, this is a time to get going, babe. Yeah, that's because right. because all your energies now are coming back to you. They are, and I'm the telling you, uh, whether you believe it or not, your libido can uh, get fired up too at 50 and 60. Correct. You not just have to lay there like lunch meat. You can enjoy <laughs> yourself. You know? Correct. And there's there's passion in so many different kinds of ways. Um, oh, my God. You've only got to look at that um, in the Netflix series, Frankie and um, Grace and Frankie with Jane Fonda. I want They are funny. And their, oh. husband, their husbands took a different path. They found out who they were later in life. But yeah. they built such a friendship. What do you look for in a friend? Loyalty. Um, and also similarities, similar values. And sometimes um, fun. I want to go out and have fun. I do too. You know, I, that's what I want in a friend. Someone I can ring up and go, hey, this is happening. Let's do it. You know? And you, you think back on the friend that you lost at such an early age in the seventh grade. Um, it's a certain 
it's a certain love that you have for yeah. a friend. I tell people, you can't pick your family. Them folks just happen to come there. Correct. Your friends, your friends, you have a choice. Oh, you know, that young boy, he was very loyal to me. Even though he's just a friend, he wasn't a boyfriend or anything, you know, in seventh grade. We were just the best of friends. We shared a love of horses. He had a Palomino horse stud. You know, I had little Pinto ponies. Uh, he used to make me leather bracelets. And we were the best of friends. I know. You know, he was just common ground is a great thing amongst friendships. You know, yeah, common absolutely. ground, loyalty, and a sense of fun, a sense of to step in together. Um, you know, you look at those uh, the friendship of Grace and Frankie and they were total opposites, but when they realised that they did have common ground, they stepped out together. Yes, they were inseparable. Yes, and if you can find that, it's very hard. I find, It's hard to find, but when you find it, it's like gold. Well, you know, my mother told me, she says, if you leave this planet with three people, Correct. Two friends, you actually yeah. leave with a gift. Yes, and your mother was a wise woman saying that because that's true. That is so true. And people and come in your life for a season. And yes. you don't have to be angry about parting ways. You, you know, it's like a tree. Branches grow in different directions. Yes. Some of them bear fruit. Some of them rot at the root. So you and, have to figure out what, you know, what's important to you again. And your values change, your directions change, your your um, desires change as you evolve on this journey. Correct. And you also, once again, look at that friendship and go, what did I get from that? And what can I learn? And what did I learn from that? You exactly. know, the ones that move on, what did I get from it? What did I learn from it? Oh, I know, I know to look out for that again. Do you know? Exactly. Just do a little, little self analytical thing but not too long don't get bogged down in it and just move on what would you tell a 25 year old leanne boyd oh my goodness that's a good question um i would probably tell a 25 leanne uh, 25 year old leanne boyd is to trust yourself more mm. to trust yourself and be brave and step in even if you Always just step in and never doubt yourself because when you're in it, you just have to keep going, don't you? Yeah. When you're in it, you just have to keep going. And how you come out the other side, well, you know, that's that's whatever happens. But just step in, continual stepping in because I look back at my 25-year-old self and I didn't trust myself and I did have lots of doubts. And when I look back at photos of myself at 25, I go, oh, my God, girl, you are beautiful. Why did you doubt yourself so much? You know? Well, you had a lot of contributing factors. I did. I and, did. And, and but... with that, that was probably your boundary and your shield. That bubble made you feel safe. Yeah. But, you know, just step in. I, I, I'm a big one for stepping in. There's, um, there's a little film. It's just a very short little film called, I think it is called Courage. And it's about this girl that's very fearful and it's to classical music and she's just seeing her fear ahead of her but she just runs full steam at it. Mm. And the fear is a wolf and she just oh. runs at this wolf head on. And then she just goes through, the wolf disappears, and he, she just goes through it, and she's triumphant at the end. It's like the monster under the bed. I, <laughs> oh, you had one of those I too. Hate I hated that when kids would, there's a monster under my bed. I said, come on, let's get the flashlight and get the broom. We will take care of the 
you have to go in and attack it. And Nona, okay, there's 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 really nothing there. I said no. I know, and there's no such thing as the boogeyman. So we have to incorporate that in our lives as well. Correct. Man, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy is um, is to let people or let women know that they can do whatever they want. There are no limitations. Whatever you dream, so shall you become. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like my legacy to be, to, to let people, women know, like, you know, I'm just a little country girl. I didn't even get out the front gate until I was 15. But the things I've done in my life, you know, when I go out now and people say to me, oh, you've done so much. And I mean, I just say, oh, I've been around a long time. But I got to, to do all of that because I stepped out and I stepped in to things. Even if I was unsure, if, I, if it was in my little line of dreams, I had to take the chance and do it. Well, I think that you're doing a fine job and you are a mirror reflection of things that are beautiful, that are strong, that are courageous, that are healthy, that are happy and like horses. <laughs> yeah, I love my horses. You know, I, I that's another thing. When you talk about things that I love, I just, I have a whole um, mini zoo, if you like, oh, wow. on my acreage. I have uh, horses and parrots and chickens and ducks and geese and dogs and cats and, you know, you name it, it's there. And they wow. they just fill me every day. I really admire horses from a distance. The spirit. Well, I went horseback riding and I tell you, that sister ran and galloped with me and I was like <laughs> this, you know. I'm not an equestrian rider, and I tell you, when she finally stopped, I politely got down off that saddle, gave her a couple sugar cubes and a carrot, and we walked back side by side. (laughs) On April, guess what? The biggest thing out of that is you stayed on. I I stayed on, and I went for that ride. Yeah, but they they have, uh, again, people say you have horse sense. They are very intuitive, the way that they look at you, the way that they're, it's like, you know, it's like dogs. They have a a certain sense. All animals, they don't Mm. communicate in the same language that we do, but their universal uh, connection and the way that they transmit that energy and support us and love us and communicate, it's just amazing. Horses can sense your mood at 10 meters, Mm, mm. even longer. They, They know, they can feel your energy. And that's why they know, you know, whether what mood you're in. And they're, they're also, um, when you look at natural horsemanship, they are an introvert and extrovert, left brain and right brain. Oh, really? So you can have a combination of different animals. I had four horses at one stage and I had one of each. So wow. I had to train every, every horse in a different way. My big boy that I lost he was left brain extrovert. So he always wanted to dominate me. So whenever I trained him, I knew that I had to move in a forward motion, mm. a forward motion. So then he knew that he had to be submissive and listen to me. Wow. So, yeah, well, so there's a lot to horses well, and I love them. Well, and you love people and you love women yeah. and we love you here on the edge. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you. Um, if you have any speaking, speaking engagements, if you're running retreats, what are you doing there that they can reach out and touch you? Well, the easiest way that they can reach me is to go to my website, which is leanneboyd.com, and they can leave a message there. 
or they can send an email at leanne to leanne at leanneboyd.com. Very easy, just my name, leanne at leanneboyd.com. And there's no it's no .com .au. Sometimes no, it's .com. We are global. All right. Well, I love it. I love it. Brains, please reach out and touch because she's there to receive you. She wants yes. a conversation with you. Um, she's been there. She's done that. But she's not stuck. She's no. ever evolving. And she wants you to evolve too. You don't have to be afraid. You're not alone. You're not. Uh, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's no shame. Nothing at all. No, no, no requirement, uh, but an open heart. Correct. We can have a conversation. And if I'm a good fit with you and I can help you in any way, well, then we can move from there. And if it's not, well, then we have a chance to, I have a chance to meet you and have a chat with you anyway. Absolutely. And that's what we did. We had a great chat with you. Thank you so much for being with us here on the edge. Please come back and visit us. Let us know what's going on. Let me know how I can support you. Okay. Thank you, April. It's been a pleasure. All right. Brains, take care of yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Bye. Thank you. Bye.